Welcome to the Consumer Rights Talk, where we discuss all things at the intersection of consumer rights and the law, including issues in foreclosure, debt collection abuse, student loans, credit reporting, and more. I'm your host, Attorney Adam Deutsch with the Northeast Law Group and northeastlawgroup.com. Visit our website for more information. Thank you for listening, and as always, remember the information shared in this recording is not legal advice. In January of 2017, the Pew Research Center issued a new report that looks at disparities in home ownership and interest rates by racial groups. And I was quite surprised by the outcome. I don't know why, but I find these things surprising, and uh, I suppose that's because I'm an optimist of sorts. But what's scary and true here is that there's definitely still huge disparities among racial lines for both home ownership and I think even more alarmingly is what the cost of home ownership is, meaning the differences in interest rates that are charged to different racial groups. So, you know, one thing that I found uh, in the report that was not any bit of a surprise is that home ownership is down overall. Uh, to the lowest level that it has been in 20 years. In 2016, 63.5% of households own their homes, compared to 69% back in 2004 before the recession. And that is a, a decent-sized gap, but you know when you look at it, you'll see that also numbers are way down for, let's say, 35 and under groups. And I think a large part of that is that people want to remain mobile, and probably uh, there's been stagnation in wages at the start of careers. And moreover, I think a lot of people 35 and under are really burdened by uh, undergrad and graduate education debt. And that is a huge uh, roadblock to then taking on more debt and and buying a house, which will ultimately be, for the most people, the largest asset that they ever buy and invest in for themselves. Now, Caucasians have always had a higher rate of home ownership than African Americans and Hispanic households, but the gap has widened uh, in really big ways over the last 15 years. According to the study, the current rates are the following. Um, Right now, 41.3% of uh, African American households own their own home. It's 47% for Hispanics, and then it's all the way up at 70, just about 72% for Caucasians. It's a really big difference when you go 41% to 72%. And there are fewer minorities applying for mortgages uh, from the get-go. But even when we look at applications made, there's a real big disparity for approval rates between different racial groups. What we find is 27.4% of African Americans applying for mortgage loans are denied. That number is only 11% for Caucasians. I mean, that disparity, again, if you're talking more than 10 percentage points, we really have a problem here. For Hispanics, they're right in the middle at 19.2% being denied. According to Pew, the basis for the denials are different among racial groups as well. The most common reason for a denial of a uh, mortgage loan for Caucasians, Hispanics, and Asians is that the debt-to-income ratio is too high, meaning that the individual is not making enough money uh, when compared to the amount of debt they need to take on for the mortgage loan. Among African Americans, on the other hand, the most common reason for denial is an unsatisfactory credit history. This could be that if there's an insufficient credit history, meaning uh, they don't have a history of having credit cards and timely 
payments on uh, revolving credit or there have been defaults and they have uh, too low credit. It's unclear which is the, the primary cause in that regard for African Americans. The data also shows that minorities are acutely aware that their access to mortgage credit is limited. And here's an example. In 2005, there were 1.1 million African Americans applying for conventional mortgage loans. By 2015, just a decade later, that number declined by 88%. It dropped from 1.1 million to only 132,000. Now, you don't get that kind of decline unless people assume that they're going to be denied to begin with or something has changed uh, among you know that societal group to say we're no longer interested in trying to take on uh, you know get financing to purchase a home and that far outpaces the you know general decline across other racial lines the next shocking thing and, and really the the last major piece of data from the report looks at the differences in interest rates being charged to different racial groups. And I was just really surprised here as well. I'm just going to look at one figure here, and that is who's paying an interest rate more than 5%. 39% of all African Americans are paying more than 5%. Compare that to Caucasians, and it's 11 points lower. Only 28% of Caucasians are paying more than 5%. You look at Asians as a group, and my goodness, um, they are paying the lowest rates by far because only 17% of Asian homeowners with a mortgage are paying more than 5% interest on their loans. What does this mean? It means that by far African Americans are paying more in interest as, as a cost to home ownership. So they are paying a higher financing cost, which makes ownership more cost prohibitive. And, you know, clearly that's indicated in just the number of African Americans that are applying for home loans as well. Why is all this important? Well, obviously, there's a number of reasons. I think historically, home ownership, you know, other than for the financial benefits and, and tax benefits, which may be fleeting, there is a strong argument that uh, home ownership builds stability for households, for families, for neighborhoods. You end up having often uh, stronger school districts in areas where people own their homes versus where they're renters, um, and you, you have more stability in the community. What are other takeaways here? Look, the data is the data, and there are a number of different reasons why it might be that way, but I, I believe when you look at this and you see those disparities, it shows that there is, you know, in, there are biases, whether they're institutional biases or whether there's real racial discrimination. I can't really say, but there's something here that shows that there, it's undeniable, right? That there is a difference in how different racial groups are being treated. Well, you know, discrimination by racial or gender or age basis for people trying to obtain housing was made illegal by the Fair Housing Act. So uh, if you you know believe that you're being denied based on a, a racial uh, makeup of you and your family, that is uh, certainly not legal, and there is recourse for it. You know, there's a long, rich history in America of redlining, where different districts made up of more minorities would be charged higher interest rates or denied financing altogether. All of that has been made illegal through you know federal law, acts of Congress. 
And the other part of it is there's a strong argument that anyone who is charged a higher interest rate based on uh, something like race as opposed to their objective financial ability to pay, that that could be an act of consumer fraud. And certainly, depending on on the state that you're in, for example, in New Jersey and Massachusetts, uh, that could entitle you to uh, treble damages or three times the damage of of you know the cost of financing. So, for example, if you uh, when you originate a mortgage loan, you have to pay closing costs, and it could be that those closing costs that you're entitled to damages on that times three, and it could be that you're entitled to the difference in uh, interest rate as well. If you're charged, you know, an extra two percentage points simply because of your race, then it may be that you're entitled to economic damages based on the difference in the cost of financing over the life of the loan, which when you're looking at a traditional 30-year loan, those are quite a large number that you can get to, especially if you're multiplying it by three. And of course, uh, with both of those statutes and and most states that have consumer um, fraud statutes, like Massachusetts and New Jersey, also require the other side to pay the consumer's attorney fee and court costs uh, if and when they're successful. And that, of course, means that access to legal representation is much more affordable than people often think. So, you know, what are the takeaways here? Well, number one, uh, we have more progress to make as far as racial discrimination goes in housing. I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, number two, if you think that you might be or you know someone who might be uh, paying a higher amount simply because of their racial makeup, well, then uh, they're entitled to you know to damages. They have been wronged and they've been injured and they should pursue their rights. If you go to the website uh, where this post is listed at um, northeastlawgroup.com under the podcast section, there will be a link to the Pew Research Center report as well, so you can go read it yourself. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.